Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital uh, Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with me, uh, Phil Smith, uh, analyst at VSA Capital. And uh, normally I do this with my partner in crime, uh, Andrew Monk, our CEO, but Andrew is on business in South Africa. I think it's in Darbin Mining Conference, so he's out, out for that and talking battery metals and all, all things to do with mining. Uh, and so this afternoon, joining me is David Scriven, our Head of Institutional Sales. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much indeed, Phil. And, and, and lucky Mr. Monk in Cape Town, probably enjoying uh, Tabletop Mountain and the Sun. And anyway, I hope you are in good, good shape, sir. <clears throat> well, I managed to get a train in today, David, down to London. So hurrah for that. Um, and of course, I'm I'm delighted to hear that you are recovering from your your hip operation. Hopefully, you will get more mobile very soon. Yeah, mobility is definitely the theme here. Yes, I'm really working on being able to walk again. Anyway, sir, I'll, I'll kick off if I may. And uh, <clears throat> just wanted to observe that uh, now that the market has heard from the U.S. Fed on rates, I think attention is going to focus almost exclusively on earnings season, which has already started in the US, but has got more momentum. And in that regard, we had news that Meta's fourth quarter revenues were down 4%, but the top end of guidance, and that was followed by aims of a year of efficiency and an announcement of a 40 billion buyback. So the stock was very strong overnight. And of course, Another name that you want to look at, and I don't think it's come out just yet, probably after the close, is Amazon, who predicted in October that they'd have the slowest holiday season growth ever. Uh, And keep an eye on that. And then what the trends are in cloud sales growth. So as I say, results out later on today. Um, And then quickly, I wanted to just look at ETFs and how they're performing and just focus on the ones that have technically moved above uh, all three key moving average lines. Uh, And one of them is cleantech, and we've talked about it before. And again, solar continues to be a driver with names trying to test new highs. Now, I think it was yesterday, China announced that it installed 86 gigawatt of solar capacity in 2021 which is up 62% year over year, according to the National Energy Association. This makes the guidance from the China uh, Photovoltaic Industry Association of 83 to 99 gigawatts for 23-25 comfortably achievable. But we're hearing that uh, NEA guidance, sorry, indicates it's gonna be more like 100 gigawatts for 2023. Interesting news from China there. Another ETF that's doing well is battery materials. And I noticed that uh, yesterday GM announced that they plan to phase, have a phase 650 million investment in the Thacker Pass lithium mine in Nevada with Lithium Americas. Now, this is really interesting because it's securing yourself supply, but not via traditional routes. I mean, these uh, companies would normally maybe have offtake arrangements rather than having a plan to invest in a mine. So it's very interesting. And I think other automakers might follow. Now, the SOX has also now turned positive too. And um, one of the helpers, just one of the names there was AMD, where fourth quarter revenues beat street estimates as they offset lower PC uh, chip demand by making gains in more lucrative server markets. And then finally, in ETFs AI, 
as we mentioned in the previous podcast together, Phil, uh, Microsoft are going forward, as I understand it, with this investment in chat GBT. And it makes it reminds me that uh, Superseed Capital, who's a corporate client of ours, have just released uh, their latest newsletter. Well worth taking a look here as they make a commentary on investment and AI build. And there's also a very interesting article on the merits of venture capital. Keep in mind, of course, that people like Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft all had venture backing when they started off. So, sir, with your with those thoughts in mind, how what would you kindly share with us from what you've looked at? Well, I'll, I'll kind of follow on quickly from that um, uh, and on the results. Yeah, I was looking at those AMD. I mean, AMD is a is a semiconductor maker that uh, that uh, develops advanced microprocessors for the PC server markets and other applications. And um, you know, we've 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 seen wider and earlier results saying that you know obviously there's a huge amount of spend on cloud computing uh yeah there's been structural growth in that as, as people have gone from having their own in-house it resources and servers uh to to putting them all into data centers and being served over the cloud i mean that's been a structural trend trend um but particularly uh in during covid there was there was there was big growth and investment and of course that meant more pcs more servers uh more computer chips um, and AMD have been doing very well, but but they, what's interesting, I think, is that we've seen lots of you know poorer news from the cloud services market, and the, and some of the technologies have been coming off, and those related you know companies serving the PC and server markets. What is interesting is the SOX, which you mentioned, is the Philadelphia Stock Exchange Index, and that is up 21% year to date. And this is all big companies in there, and AMD's share price, chip maker you mentioned. Is up 30% year to date. So there's something quite interesting going on here. Is that you're seeing there has been a slowing in in some industry demand in cloud services that's been well flagged. But at the same time, there are a number of players that are still continuing to do be doing well, or actually, you know, are uh, are gaining market share in it. So this is not you, you know the tech markets have have come right off. You know, last year Nasdaq in particular, but we're seeing this year. A bit of a bounce back. So this this set of results coming up, the US results is going to be really, really interesting. So 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 there we go. But getting on to uh moving on to transitional energy anyway, is um you mentioned uh what's happening in terms of growth of solar in China, but in the UK, uh just in energy storage, there was news out that um I saw a press article this week saying by the end of this the year, 2022, um 2.4 gigawatts of battery storage sites were connected into the UK and that the pipeline for storage uh, now is 35 gigawatts um, going forward in the UK. Now, obviously, all that's going to, you know, got to get good connection uh, over time, but but quite substantial, substantial growth there. So that was interesting to see. And, and staying on the subject of, of transitional energy and electrification, um, this is a corporate client of ours, uh, well, one we've just uh, one we've just taken on actually, and it's Equipmake. Uh, they are Aquis listed. The ticket is EQIP. Market cap's fifty million, uh, and they develop um, electric electric motors, uh, electric uh, inverters, um, you know, power electronics. So all systems that are used in electric uh, electrification of vehicles, uh, primarily in the heavy transport space. The company's just raised. 
um, six million pounds, and we participated in in in, uh, in helping raise that. Uh, they've announced a trading update with an order book of eight point six million. Uh, they're working with First Group in buses. Uh, they have trials with with them for their electrification technology, which will you know potentially end up being a retrofit for buses. Um, and if trials are successful, it's got less of intent potentially for hundreds of vehicles. But we need to see if the trials are a success. Uh, they're also making headway with with fire trucks in the US that are looking to convert to um, to 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 electrocute, you know, to be EVs rather than diesel powered. Um, so they've got trials going on in the US and they've been expanding their manufacturing facilities. So quite a, quite an interesting story there. Corporate client of ours, but uh, but um, has exciting growth prospects. And that's Equipmate. Um, David, I don't know if you know Ricardo been listed for a considerable amount of time. Uh, the tickers RCDO is 300 million market cap. Have you come across them before, David? They're I a have, consultancy yes. business. Yeah. Well, they, so Ricardo is a strategic engineering environmental consultancy. Um, and their specialist uh, areas that they're involved in are uh, transport, energy, um, you know, specifically energy and environmental. Um, they're involved in defense as well. Um, and known for very much historically for automotive, but um, so Ricardo uh, had a trading update uh, for the six months of December. So the year end is June. Um, overall trading is in line with board expectations, good revenue, underlying profit growth. Uh, what's quite interesting about Ricardo, though, and why I'm kind of flagging this one to have a look at is, you know, firstly, they've said the order books at the end of December in excess of uh, 410 million compared with 340 million. At June 2022, uh, and 311 million in December, so quite quite strong growth there, um, and it's up 17%. And we're you know mindful now of dollar pound exchange rates and currency. The organic growth was 20% the constant currency basis, like like currency. So nice strong growth in order books there. They have reduced their net debt um, from 35 million in June down to 31 million. Uh, and on energy environment and the environment, which is a strong area of growth for them in cons engineering consultancy, um, they're seeing strong growth in orders, revenues and profit. Um, and in automotive, on their traditional areas, they are they're helping to restructure their business, uh, that part of the business. And defence, they've seen strong growth and can't be expected. Um, but so the company is going through change. It's restructuring some of its more traditional businesses, very much focused on on energy, um, energy and environment in particular going forward, electrification, um, and seems to be making very strong progress. So that was quite uh, quite good to see. That sounds rather interesting, and I haven't had the opportunity to look at the chart because I, I uh, it'd be interesting to see how it's performed of late and and try and get a sense of what the valuation is as well. Well, the value, in terms of valuation, it has been performing very well. Uh, very wide base of institutional shareholders, and it's trading on a, um, an EV to revenue multiple of 0.9 times, EV EBITDA multiple of seven times. So, on the face of it, investors should do their, of course, listeners should do their own research before making any investment decisions, um, but it's looked to be on reasonable multiples. So, yeah. there we go. Um, right, moving on swiftly, uh, totally different tack is Dark Trace. Um, Dark Trace, the ticket is D A R K, um, in the news an awful lot this week. Now, now Dark Trace uh, is a uh, cybersecurity software company, um, sells globally to over 7,000 organizations in 110 countries. 
uh, you know, protecting cloud and email, internet things and networks. It's it's cyber, right? Um, now, why has it been in the news? Uh, it's because there was a report issued by a company called Quintessential, a short seller in the States, and it's questioning the business practices of Darktrace. And um, particularly, I think, uh, how it's handled sales and accounts of sales into distributors. Um, Darktrace have issued statements robustly defending their accounting practices, and um, you know, listeners can read about those. Um, and uh, according to an FT article yesterday, they've initiated planning a share buyback as well because the shares have weakened on news of this report coming out. Now, you know, a, a, another thing that's been the, the connection here and, and why this dark face has been looked at is that, that Bobby Gustafson, the CEO, was previously at Autonomy um, and and Mike Lynch, the founder of Autonomy, of course, helped in, in financing, you know, invoke capital in financing dark trace. So, you know, and of course, he's battling extradition to the US because of, um, you know, fraud in, H, in at Autonomy, which he, he denies. So, yeah, start trace very much um, in in the news there. So let's hope that things get uh, get get worked through. But David, yeah. have you got any comments on 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 that at all? Not on dark trace. No, I yeah. haven't uh, been following them. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, so. Moving moving on from uh, from that uh, one, Centralnic, uh, I think it was CNIC, uh, four hundred. 12 million market cap. They had a trading update uh, for the full year. Now, Centralnic, uh, Andrew and I had our little ones to really watch this year, um, and this was mine. So, you know, what do they do? Uh, very much focused on digital economy, um, and they manage um, what they call online marketplaces, but basically, this is subscriptions to domain names for websites. Uh, email, you know, they're helping their their clients uh, monetize their websites, um, but also set up new websites and domains. So, for instance, if you are a big business with lots of brands, you produce a new brand, you need, you know, you need to capture new domain names so you can set up the marketing for that particular brand on online. So, real drive for the business. Um, in terms of the trading update, though, they they're expecting to report gross revenues of seven hundred twenty eight million dollars. Uh, okay, yeah, they obviously take a proportion of those sales. Net revenues, uh, adjusted EBITDA, net revenues $177 million and uh, EBITDA of $85 million for the financial year. So very high uh, high margins there. Um, and they say that they see very strong demand for their um, privacy-safe online customer acquisition services. Um, so they, yeah, I think this is to do with uh, cookies or cookie for a cookie free offering um, on search, but they're seeing very strong demand there. Uh, cash increase, which is something we always like to see to 95 million US dollars at the end of December uh, from 56 million in the prior year. Net debt decreased as well down to 57 million dollars. Uh, and this is trading on. Uh, and the shares have been performing reasonably well, but an EVNR multiple of 0.7 times and six times EV EBITDA, David. So there you go. Um, so that was our, our pick of the year, but uh, please do your homework. And uh, keeping with IT, Computer Center. Uh, tickers CCC, 2.7 billion market cap. Talked about Computer Center before. 
Uh, they had a training update for a year. Uh, what do they do? They provide cloud services, uh, data center solutions. It's all about IT services to big corporates, actually. Uh, an IT IT resource, be that products, be it software, be it consultancy and advice, uh, remote support. That's what Computer Center do. Um, and they are, um, they've been trading for a considerable amount of time and their results, their trading update points out that a record for a quarter um, and that results in the 18th consecutive year of underlying adjusted diluted earnings per share growth. There we go. Their full year is expected to be slightly ahead of guidance. Um, and remember, they performed very well again during COVID uh, as businesses were spending an awful lot on, on cloud services, uh, computer support, lots of, of home working to, to, to support and invest in tech for that. Um, but they said that their adjusted profitable tax was down in the first half of the year versus um, the prior by first half 21 by 6%. And why was that? Uh, well, that was to do with service uh, margin performance. They've obviously seen strong benefits. You know, you've got a strong comparable during the COVID-related period and also some inflationary pressure, which they don't expect to continue. Um, so what was also interesting on this set of results as well was to see how things are performing, you know, in terms of post-COVID for the cloud and IT sector in general. And and they they seem to be performing pretty well, actually. They're managing inflation. Something else I was looking out for for this is they supply quite a lot of computer hardware to businesses as well. Um, and it's said uh, that their inventory, so they've had to invest in inventory where lots of shortages around, David. You remember global shortages in silicon chips, computer products and stuff. Um, but they have been able to substantially uh, reverse their inventory position uh, and, and customers had as well as they were readjusted to plentiful supply. And so you've got to remember, as when we're looking for uh, drivers for business, you're always looking at inventory, um, you know, be it within uh, the company itself or its customers, because if they were holding loads of inventory, um, you know, they're not going to be restocking, buying stuff. It's not an indication of growth. So that's quite that was quite good to see that kind of unwinding there uh, at Computer Center. So continuing continuing their consistent growth. So that was uh, that was very interesting. Um, and then finally, kind of, you know, meet or tech just back to uh, the semiconductor market. And and that's results from Infineon, chip maker Infineon. Uh, and they had come out with uh, quarter results, I think, and they've seen margins rise of uh, 24% to 25%. Um, and what I, why I watch Infineon closely is because they're a big supplier of silicon chips to the automotive industry, uh, but also data centers. Um, so they've lifted their profit margin forecast margin guidance. Um, and I think that even though they've seen weaker, some weaker demand in smartphones and PCs and data centers, which we've been discussing, uh, I think they've seen a lot better results in the in the automotive markets. And I, and I bet, you know, supply is easing the supply more as well uh, into those markets. And the other final thing on tech is Sony. Um, those of you who've got PlayStation at home are <laughs> familiar with, with Sony's product. Uh, and they said that uh, sales of PlayStation 5 consoles came in at 7.1 million units in the October to December period, uh, quarter. Um, and they saw um, that this demand is up sharply from 3.9 million units a year earlier. Wow. 
yeah. that strong that strong spending on computer gaming equipment uh, and for the, those of you you know if you follow the kind of computer game software sector um then that's uh that's an interesting underlying metric to see yeah wow that was uh that was that was really good well done sony yeah i i, I guess i would have intuitively thought you know there would be nice growth but not that dramatic you know post sort of covid yeah yeah i think that was interesting david is there's a there's a there's a few things happening here that wouldn't necessarily have happened as we expected um and I think part of a lot of that is to do with constrained supply, potentially easing, right. but also maybe consumer spend not necessarily coming off sharply as expected. Um, you know, you would ex you would you would think if we're going to a mild recession that maybe spend on cars, and automotive would be easing and so we're always watching the automotive markets but then you've got to remember that their production has been so damn constrained because of supplies of parts yeah. over the last two years so if that's freeing up um then they're able to push more cars out out of not push them out of the door that's a, that's a bad one <laughs> but to produce to produce more vehicles uh, and maybe with playstation 5 as well you know certainly spend is more, more than holding up uh, but also an easing of maybe an easing of supply in there as well. So yeah, this is such an interesting dynamic. And again, I wouldn't have you know anticipated the socks uh, sort of bouncing back as as, as strongly um, you know as strongly as it has. And it and it and it's maybe this whole thing of the markets is just sort of looking and thinking you know is inflation really, really you know is it is it easing is it going to get worse? So the the, the uncertainty is almost positive. If you know what I mean, it's like folks are just really looking out for good news, and the markets are certainly uh, reacting on it. This is very, this is very interesting. I, I've had a long career in the city; I've not quite seen this before. Yeah, no, and 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 that's why I sort of started the introduction, sort of saying that the market maybe is moving a little bit away in the U.S. from you know rate expectations, focusing on the earnings. But there seems to be an underlying optimism, and um, it, it's carrying us forward. And you know, the the street out there is you know, balance between being bullish and bearish and worried about the earnings outlook. But, um, you know, we're, make, we're, we're, we're moving higher. Yeah, we are. And, and we've consistently seen in UK, uh, UK company reporting pretty good results, to be honest, um, over the last, you know, the last couple of months and then the trading updates we're seeing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, re it's a really, really interesting time. It, it really is. It's it's quite it's quite different from what I've seen I've seen before, and we look forward to uh, we look forward to keeping our listeners updated on it. And uh, I think David, that's probably a good sort of note to to end on. It's been brilliant having you on with me this week. Uh, you know, and as always, and Andrew and I say, if listeners have got any suggestions for us, any companies we you know anything we we may have missed in terms of trading updates and news, companies you like us to discuss, etc., don't hesitate to. Uh, uh, to, to let us know uh, and, and with that David thank you very much for your help today on the podcast and uh, we look forward to another VSA Capital Transitional One Tech Podcast next week on Thursday. Pleasure and many thanks. Thank you David.